Antoinette, peace and blessings to you and yours from, from mine, from my family. To you and yours. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Before we get started with this week's episode, okay, I want to check on you. I want to say what's up. I want to send blessings. I want to send love to you and your families. And I want to let you know, like I always do, okay, if you're having a hard day, a hard week, a hard month, there is a power in never giving up. You're not alone, okay? If you're discouraged, if you're depressed, you know, you're not alone. But more importantly, I want to send peace and blessings to you and yours. From me and mine, okay? Now, world is still crazy, man. We're going on like six months fucking COVID-19. Rest in peace to all the people who have passed away from this crazy virus. And then we think about it. The, you know, we're still living in a world of, of craziness. Jacob Blake, peace and blessings to him and his family, his kids. And we need equality. We need change today. And if you're part of the problem where you, you know, well, let me say this. If you're complaining when you hear Black Lives Matter, if you're complaining when someone's telling you what happened and you use an excuse, well, the guy had a parking ticket when he was 17. Yeah, and so did probably fucking you. You're not part of the problem, okay? You, I'm, I, well, hold on, let me say that. You're not part of the solution. You're part of the problem. And those kind of people get the fuck away from me, okay? Because we need change today. We need change. We need equality. We need equality for women. We need equality for black people. Like, if you're born in, like, you know, like, we need new training, we need a lot of things because if you hate a person because of the color of the skin, then you got a serious problem. And you know what? I don't fucking like you. Straight up and down. I don't got no more to say about that. But I'm gonna be on I'm gonna be in I'm gonna be right in the front hoping and 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 adding my voice and my time and whatever it takes to make sure we have equality. And just for 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 women, for black people, for kids, for for j- j- just for everybody, man. So stop getting upset when you hear Black Lives Matter. Yeah, okay, all lives matter, but not until Black my, Black Lives Matter. So stop getting upset about it. Stop taking shit personal. That's just your privilege, motherfuckers. Now, anyway, I don't want to get all upset. I'm just being honest, okay? I'm really excited about this upcoming episode that we have. But before we get to it, I want to say this. One, I want you guys to rate us on iTunes. Leave a comment. Okay, go to go to Spotify, go to SoundCloud, and we're on YouTube. Subscribe, rate, tell a friend to tell a friend. Okay, subscribe to us. There's clips there. Internets, check out the Premium Pete Show. You never know who's going to be on. For the years that we've been doing it, you never know. It could be an actor, an athlete, a producer, an artist. Stories that will inspire you. Listen, okay? If you know an episode that you really messed with, that you felt like did something for you, send it to a friend that you think could use, that'll help them, okay? Now, Okay, before we, even, oh, oh, wait, you know I can't, you know, internet, you know I can't go nowhere without saying this. Open up your Twitter app, open up your Instagram app, at Premium P, at Premium P Show, tweet me, okay? Instagram, DM, whatever it is, and check the fuck in. Let me know where you're listening from. You're from Jacksonville, you're from Russia, you're from Sweden, you're from, from Japan, you're from Italy, wherever you're from. You're from Detroit, peace and blessings to you and yours, salutes, stand up. And, and, and just just at me, at Premium Pete Show, at Premium Pete, and check the fuck in. Now, this week from an undisclosed location, we did this episode about a, well, maybe about a three weeks to a month ago. So it was very, you know, very new. Okay. We sit down with the legendary producer, songwriter, Brian Michael Cox. Okay. Listen, if you don't know this dude, let me tell you something. He has extensive work with multiple platinum selling artists, including Usher, Mariah Carey, Mary J. Blige, and Tony Braxton. Okay. 
You weren't wait. Maybe you asked what kind of songs. I mean, you will get to it in there. But "Be Without You," "Burn" by Usher. You got a bad "Shake It Off." I stay in love. You don't know what you do for Mariah Carey. Internets, okay. Not only that, the dude has a great journey too. He uh, grew up in Houston. Went to school with Beyonce. Okay, was actually uh, producing songs for Destiny's Child. Then he moved to Atlanta. Partnered up with Jermaine Dupri, and literally. I don't need to even say no more, but what a producer goes over his whole journey, his life, growing up, his kids, you know, uh, uh, where he wants to be, mistakes he made, you know, just a real, real, just a real inspiring dude, Brian Michael Cox. And I'm gonna hit you with one more. He's responsible for more than a hundred million album sales. Okay. 35 number one hits and 12 Grammy award nominations, including nine wins. Internet. So I need to say no more about a producer. I present to you from an undisclosed location in Atlanta. This week's episode of the Premium Pete Show with the legendary, with the Grammy Award winning, okay, songwriter, producer, Brian Michael Cox. Let's get to this week's episode. Cheer. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the undisputed voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClan, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go, Internets. Let's turn up one time, Premium Pete. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low. Listen to the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Internets, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Sitting here in a beautiful, undisclosed, lo- I mean, undisclosed. <laughs> I ain't drinking no wine yet. Not yet. Uh, Not un- yet. Undisclosed. I know you like some wine. Uh, yes, yes. Undisclosed location with a, a, a good fella, okay? Songwriter, producer, father. Um, Houston guy, ATL guy, yeah. Miami guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. wine guy. We're going to talk about it. Brian Michael Cox. Welcome to uh, the Premium Pete Show. Pete, man. Thank you, my brother. Thank yeah. you, I'm happy to be here. Listen, thanks for, uh, you know, it's funny. Sometimes when you go through a list, you know, of people that you want, like when you, because I feel like I've been doing it so long, I like to make a catalog. And then he's like, oh shit, how did I not have this dude on? And it's like almost like Xing off like a, a list of people because I yeah. look at it this way. It's a puzzle. And when you make a catalog of people you mess with and you want people to know who may not know of them, mm. it's like, you know, you're literally creating a library. I tell this to people all the time. And it's like, when you think about hip hop, when you think about songwriting, when you think about producing, it, it's also a puzzle. And Brian Michael Cox is a piece of that puzzle. You yeah. know what I mean? That makes the whole puzzle. Yeah. But anyway, listen, for people listening <clears throat> who know you, they're going to learn a little bit more. And for people who never heard of you, I want them to learn about you. Of course. Um, Let's take it back because a lot of people, you're, you know, you're from Atlanta, but then a lot of people know that you grew up in uh, Houston, but then you also yeah. said you were born in Miami. Yeah. So my, my family's from the Bahamas by way okay. of you know, Miami by way of the Bahamas. Um, I was born in Miami <clears throat> and spent, you know, a couple of years there and my mother moved to Houston. So mm-hmm. I grew up in Houston. I spent my summers in Miami, you know, my school years in Houston all the way up till about maybe the ninth grade. And then, of course, you get old enough, you want to, I want to stay, yeah, <laughs> stay yeah. home, <laughs> stay home. And um, <clears throat> what was the difference? Summer. What was the difference of uh, Houston and Miami and being able to do that? Um, just the culture. Like yeah. at the end of the day, like, you know, Miami, South Florida is, is very, very like tropical. 
like the 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 way the houses are built, the architecture, the you know the whole the the lingo. You know, I mean, you got everybody from Bahamians to Jamaicans to sure, sure. Haitians, like you know, then of course the Cubans and the whole Latino you know community. Miami was extremely diverse. So was Houston, but it's just a different kind of. Diversity, you know what I mean. Houston, we had a lot of. I grew up a lot of, uh, uh, around a lot of Nigerians and sure. uh, people from the Middle East. Um, and it's hotter. It's hot in the summer. Yeah. It's hotter. It's, I mean, but it's hot in Miami too. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know what I mean. It, I mean, it, it's it's just you know I, I, what I can say about both places is that they're both extremely diverse, but in really different ways. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I was able to get a, a, learn a lot being in Miami for the summers with my grandparents and with my people down there. Um, and my first, my first experience of hip hop, like on a, on a full scale was in Miami, you know, summertime, I, I want to say like 86, 85, 80, 86, summer 86. We were, I was in Miami for the summer. <clears throat> and if you, you know, know anything about uh, Luke, Uncle Luke. Have crew. Uncle Luke had a, had a DJ crew. Mm. This was before they, you know, I guess they were, yeah, at yeah. this point they were coming up. Yeah. But this was like, they had a DJ crew called the Ghetto Style DJs. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And um, that was, they used to go around from park to park and do the park jams. You know what I'm saying? So my first time ever experiencing like that kind of hip hop level, you know, level of hip hop was being, you know, a little kid going to the, you know, there was a park program. Miami Dade had a park program so for, for the kids and my grandmother signed me up for the program. So I could be at the park all day or she go, mm-hmm. go to work and come back from the park. Almost like, you know, like summer camp. Sure. And um, we lived in this my, this neighborhood on, on, in South Florida, in, in Miami, uh, called Ar- Arcola. There was a school called Arcola Lake Elementary that's still there to this day. Um, and the pool was, you know, Arcola Lake pool. And that's where the like park and all the stuff was. So DJs would come set up shop. And my first time ever hearing like, you know, Peter Piper and, you know, two live crews, first records, like throw that D and all this stuff. Like my first time hearing those records were at these, at these park jams, you know what I mean? Um, so Miami was very, so my experience in Miami was very different from my experience in Houston. You know what I mean? Houston was, I I didn't experience hip hop that early in Houston, not until mm-hmm. I got back from Miami that summer, and I, and I was like looking for it at that point. Like '88 is when like I feel like Houston, for me, my friends were like starting to really get into hip hop. You know what I mean? Big Daddy Kane, LL Cool J, yep. things of that nature. And we used to go to skating rink and shit like that. You know what I mean? So '87, you know, '88. But I remember my first experience in Miami. That that was the one that I always, that always stood out. A, a, a memory from Miami that always stood out was. The park jams. The park and seeing two I've well, well yeah. the, the, the get get DJ, yeah. seeing, seeing the DJ crew get up there. Is that what made you want to be a DJ? I always wanted to be a DJ. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was I was I was into it. And my mother, you know, was just a just love music. Like we just always had albums and always had did you, a wild did you have collection. you didn't have techniques or anything in the house at that time, did you? Well, I'm not not that I could touch. Like, you yeah. know, not that I could mess <laughs> with. You know what I mean? My mother, my mother had the proper hi-fi back in the mid-80s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi-fi. You know, stereo system with the Technique turntable and the Technique tape deck and the receiver and all that. But if she had caught me scratching on that thing, she got to kill yeah, you'd me. Be, <laughs> you'd be in trouble. You know, yeah. you, you look at it, you're in between Miami and Houston, mm-hmm. um, you know, turned on to hip hop, fascinated to be a DJ. You know, it's crazy. And, and we'll we'll get to it. I don't want to, uh, we'll bounce around. Yeah, yeah. But you think about it, it's crazy of how much influence as far as producing and songwriting you have had in R&B. 
Whatever. Uh, the, the R&B is like the uh, is like the, the the core of who I am. You know yeah. what I mean? Like my but how mother. How did that? How did that? Because the reason I say that for I want to explain it to you. Growing up in Brooklyn. You know, I always love like you know KRS-One and and LL and 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 uh, Kooji Rap and DJ Paul and you know we used to I used to that's all I listened to like growing up you yeah. know and uh, then later on became Mob Deep DMX da, da, da. and I felt like yo if I I used to have to listen to R and B because I remember when I was trying to talk to the girls I was too like hard yeah, rock yeah, and I remember hearing like nineties R and B and it kind of really you know even like Joe and Keith Sweat and mm-hmm. and and and, and it actually made me more of a smoother dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's ways you could like, you know, carry yourself. That's why I've always had a, a feeling for R&B, particularly even 90s R&B, because it made me, I feel like it made me, um, you know, not so rah-rah. You know I what I mean? It. Yeah. So, but what, but what transitioned you even into R&B? Well, R&B was always the beginning. Like that's, I mean, you know, my mother, like I said, Always had an ill record collection. You know, R&B was her shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, my mom listened to a bunch of funk, you know, fusion jazz. Yep. You know, my mother, you know, my mother was really into R&B. My whole family, you know what I'm saying? So I got something from each of my aunties, right? That's the way I view it. I got something from each of them. You know what I mean? As far as my taste in music, you know what I mean? My mother was was, was really into R&B hardcore, you know what I mean? So stuff like the Gap Band. Yeah, yeah. Right? She, she was on that. Um and uh, my my Annie Adrian, who's my godmother, she um, she was more into like smoother R and B. Like she was more into like even though she was in Earth, Wind and Fire, and she loved that. You know mm. what I mean? And she loved Parliament and all that stuff too. But I picked up like my love for Anita Baker and Sade, and you know that's that stuff from her and Rodney Franklin and things sure. like that from her. Uh, my Classic. Annie, my Annie Jackie was more a little more eclectic with her music with, with her. Um, Taste. She 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 listened to like she was Shalomar's the Earth Wind and Fire stuff like that. But she liked you know Don Fagan and Asia and Foreigner and yes, and she would listen to that type shit. And I would get into that like oh God, I started learning about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, the Manny Sheila who was just a she loved soul music. So anything from Jeffrey Osborne, mm. Luther Vandross, Stevie Wonder, you know what I mean? So I got from each of my aunties, sure. I got something, you know what I mean? Building up the library. Yeah. So, and they all had crazy record collections. So when I, when I would be over in, 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 you know, any one of their houses, I would just be going, looking through records, looking through records, playing records. That's how I became the family DJ mm. because I just, I just would not separate from the records you know what I mean so was um, there requests in the family uh, yeah, DJ yeah of course it was weird. <laughs> yeah of course but after a while you, you know everybody's taste yeah 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 and you just know what to play yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying as a kid you just after a while I know if, if my you know if my any if my any Vivian's over and my mom you know they all have they chilling out having you know drinks or whatever I'll know what to play sure, for them sure. because I, yeah, I know after a while I got to know each individual style you know what sure. I mean but all of it started for me listening to those type of records. You know what I mean? You know, whether it was Kashif, whether it was, you know what I mean? All that stuff started there. Then when I got old enough to start developing my own timbre, my own taste, um, I would say about 86, 87 is when I started really developing my own taste. So like Keith Sweat, I'll Be Sure, Guy, Today, um, Bobby Brown, New Edition, you know, all this stuff when you start developing your own taste, Babyface. Yep. That's when I started developing my, my, my own taste in music that I liked, you know, uh, uh, you know, the stuff that Jimmy and Terry were doing for Janet, you know, and I was obsessed with re- reading record labels. Like, like I'm, I'm a credit 
I'm, I go crazy over credits. You know what I'm saying? So you think about Michael Jackson and Prince, you know, I, of course they were bigger than life when I was that small. So it was like, of course you love Michael Jackson and Prince and all those things just kind of, I started developing, developing my, my own taste in music. And uh, I would say about 89, 90 is when I really started kind of like things started perking in my ears that made me say, I want to make music. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, I always wanted, you know, I always felt like I wanted to be a music. I, I, I always played piano. I always wanted to be a musician. But around 89, it started looking like, okay, how do I make music? Sure. How, how, how would I go about this? And that's when I started really trying to find out. I picture being 11 years old, you know, you're like, okay, now I, I, I want to make music. Like, how do I do it? Your, you know? your parents put you in piano class or you just... My grandmother did early on. And, um, and then when I, when I came to, when I went to Houston to be with my mom, it was just something I already had. So my mom always just encouraged it. And, you know, my mom bought me a keyboard and always, you know, my mom saw that. It was something she, I was, yeah, she supported yeah, the vision. She saw something I wanted to do. So she helped me, you know what I mean, through that. Yeah, she invested in you. Yeah. And that's a good thing because for a lot of parents back then, you know, they don't know what it could have been or exactly. what it could be. So they're like, you know, they feel like they're wasting your time sometimes. You but know? luckily for me, I had a mom who had, who was an aspiring yeah, yeah, musician yeah, herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she understood. And my mother played the flute and she had, you know, desire to play in the, you know, the New York Symphony and all that. You know, so they would think my mom had dreams of being in music some kind of way. And, you know, she put them on hold to, you know, raise sure, me. Raise you, yeah. So naturally, if I, if she sees that I have that gift, she's like, well, I'm, I'm going to encourage this because she didn't have the encouragement. So, mm. You know, she just she kind broke, of was like, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. You know, a lot of people who do know of your career, um, you know, they know that obviously you spent time between Miami and Houston mm-hmm. um, and then went to school with Latoya Luckett. Beyonce. Beyonce, right? I knew, I, I knew them well. But how did that, how did the, you know, and then I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I also heard that you were like uh, producing some songs for them. Like they, you became yeah. like doing some things for them. Well, how did that even happen? That whole, well, First of all, in Houston, there was this circle of kids who were in this program called the People's Workshop. Okay. <clears throat> and we would all be performing at different places, or you would hear about different groups and this, that, and the third. So um, they, they was, you know, they had this group called Girls Time that was like, you know, a really popular group around, around, around Houston. Um, and a lot of girls were in and out of the group, you know. Actually, actually you know what's so funny? And not to, not to cut you off, but I'm thinking, I think they were on like Ed McMahon. They won't well, start remember Ed, what? They won't start search. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he remember yeah. him saying girl time, yep. you know? Yeah. But yeah, you said to be the crew. So saying? it was a lot of, you know, it, it, it was always a revolving door of girls in this group. You know what I mean? And at some point, four would be dancing and four would be singing and they would flip. I, I don't quite know or remember what the format was, but I just remember that it was always a revolving door of girls. You know what I mean? In this group. And, um... Girls' time event evolved into what would end up becoming Destiny, and then um, I was reintroduced to them as Destiny by a guy named Preston Middleton, who was who was mentoring me at the time mm-hmm. uh, from a producer perspective. And then the following year, they came to my high school, so I, I, I was already aware of who they were, and we were already kind of aware of who who each other's were at the time. So we became we were we were tight. Like when they when they came when they came to my school, we we had become really really tight. And I would just hound them every day. Like I knew that they had a record deal. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of people in the school didn't know. So for the fact that I was privy to that information at the time, I felt kind of special. That I sure, knew, sure, right. <laughs> so I would I would uh, I would hound them like, yo, hey man, you know I got I got songs. You know you know 
I'm writing songs. And at the time, uh, 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 my big brother, Greg Curtis, was mentoring me. And um, he had a studio. We were writing songs at his spot. And um, eventually they came, you know, after I, would, you know, really, really poured it on thick. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, and they they saw how serious I was. They knew I wasn't bullshitting. They knew that I was like, this is, this, it wasn't like I was trying to come up off of them. They sure, knew sure. That, you, yeah. that this is what I, what I was passionate about. And if I had an opportunity to do something with them, that it would that it would have been great, right? So, uh, long story short, Matthew came to hear some of the songs. He liked them. Father, Matthew, their father Matthew knows, yeah. came to hear some of the songs. He liked them. Then about a week later, um, you know, uh, Beyonce and Kelly came to the studio, and Miss Tina was there, and it, you know, we did two or three songs in a day. Mm. It, might, it might have been a matter of two days. We did two or three songs, and I just remember that moment. Because leading up to then, you, you know, I kind of felt like, oh, I, I was in, I was in and out of groups, you know what I mean? I was like, ah, oh, I might be an artist, I might be in a group, I might, yeah, you know. Yeah, sure. um, when you're that young, you know, you're just like, whatever, right? But I remember that was the day, those two days in the, in that session was like, oh no, this is what I want to do. I want to be a producer. This is, I mean, I know I was going to be a producer, but this is what I'm going to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Before I was like, I'm going to be a producer, I'm going to produce my group and I'm going to be, sure, you know what sure. I mean? Uh, but that moment, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to figure, I'm going to figure this out. You know what I mean? Now what goes, I mean, obviously we'll go down the, actually, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll start going down the line just because sometimes you got to brag. And, uh, <laughs> Cause if, if you won't do it, some other people got to do it. But I mean, there's so many, but I mean, and you tell me you help write and produce uh, many artists, Usher, yeah. Mariah Carey, Mary J. Blige, Tony Braxton. Yeah. They say, uh, be without you. Be without you. Mary J. Blige, yeah. Um, Burn uh, uh, yeah. by Usher, right? Yeah. Confessions part two. Mm -hmm. You got a bed. Yep. Uh, shake it off. Yep. I stay in love. Yep. And you don't know what to do from Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm sure there's plenty, plenty, plenty of more. Yeah. What, now you songwriting, producing. We just started talking about producing early on. For when Girls' Time, which was turned into be Destiny's yeah, I, Child. I ended up producing for Destiny. Destiny's so was, Child, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, yeah, I ended up But what I'm it. saying is, what is, like, for people who listen, when you say songwriting, like, can, like what does that entail? Like, you know, is, of giving a, you know, writing a hook, writing the whole thing. Like, how does that, and I mean, how did you know you were good at that? Because, you know, people could write things down that may not sound good, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, I've just always was passionate about music, so... I didn't know I was good or not. I just knew that I liked what I was doing. You know what I mean? Um, and I knew that other people liked some of the ideas I was doing. So that kind of boosts your confidence when you're a kid. You know what I mean? Um, but the process of songwriting is, it's, it can be whatever. You know, like, for example, we take a person like Jermaine, you know, JD can take a track and go in a room and lock himself in a room and write a whole yeah. song. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, John T. Austin, the same thing. And Jamaica come up with yeah, the he's, concept. He's, he's amazing you too, know, John T. Austin. Um, I, I'm the same way, but I, I, I love to collaborate. I'm a person that knows that two heads are better than one. Sometimes three heads are better than one. And what I don't hear, you may hear, or I may hear something that sure, you need sure. to hear and we bounce ideas off each other. Um, um, but songwriting is, you know, like I come up with things every day. You know what I mean? Whether it's... And do you write them down or... Whether I write them down or I play them down. You yeah. know what I mean? Because people... Because writing songs is also creating a track. You know, I think people got the the the, the word producer kind of misconstrued. Uh, 
a lot of people who claim that producers are actually composers, which mm. is still writing the song. You know mm. what I mean? And it, and now now it's now it's now it's the double meaning. You know what I mean? You know, I guess you know what I'm saying. But producing when I think of producing, I think of like. Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, David yeah, Foster, yeah, yeah. Quincy Jones, people who get the song to the finish line, not sure, just somebody sure. who just gives you a track. Sure, you sure. know what I mean? So for me, um, I'm always I'm always writing. I, I make tracks every day. I'm always writing. You know what I mean? But then once we get a song, whether I write the song or whether, you know, uh Jante writes or Adonis writes, or whether it's a track that me and Jermaine did together and Jermaine writes or whatever, now it's getting it to the finish line. Who's going to get? How are we going to get to the finish line? You know what I mean. You know, you speak about Jermaine Dupri, and 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 it's funny because I mean, I'm sure he's he's not that much older than you, right? Is uh, about he's six years six years older. Than I me. mean, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, is he like a, a been like a bigger brother to you? Of course, you yeah. know, because you know, it, it, through knowing your work all these years and all the songs you produce and wrote and Grammy nominations and Grammy mm. award winning, you know, you think about. Jermaine and you, and, and I'm sure there's been other people, but mm. you, you, you've been credited along a lot with Jermaine. Yeah. Meaning getting in this, like, you know, the, he has like a crew of people. Yeah. Obviously, right? Yeah. I think that what happens, what happened is, you know, I feel like some, you know, sometimes people just have synergy. You know what I mean? There's some people you work with and you go, y'all get work and y'all gonna, yeah, y'all gonna and make hits and it's cool. Yeah. But there's some people you have proper synergy with, whether it's, you know, a brotherhood, whether it's, you know, a real, a proper friendship, whether it's, you know what I mean? Proper chemistry, you know, I can't quite explain it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but there's like this magnetic force that always pulls us together. Even when I go off and make records on my own, he makes records. Obviously he's, sure, sure. Three, you know what I mean? But there's always this magnetic force that kind of pulls us together. You know what I mean? On certain things. And, and it's been a lot of things over the years. Sure, you know that, what I mean? That made so, magic. So I think that, uh, some things you just can't are, are unexplainable. It just. Are well, when did are. you know that you and him like what what song was it that immediately? Yeah, immediately. I mean, it's been how, how many years? Your friends? It's been twenty years, more than twenty just, now. That's, see, that's a beautiful um, thing. Just friendship and working together and creating. Yeah. Think about it. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I mean, sometimes when you're doing it yourself, you don't even realize it. But yeah. you're Creating history. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, literally immediately. The first song we wrote together was a song called "Keys to the Range" by Jagged Edge. So mm -hmm. literally. The second song I wrote was Let's Get Married. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, literally from day one, we walk in the studio with him. That energy was that energy. You know what I mean? Let's Get Married, man. You think about it. That song has been to so many people's marriages. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, yeah. it's like, and not to bounce all over, but what song did you hear, like, on the radio? Or what did you really think, like, because, you know, when did you really believe in yourself where you're like, yo, you know what? I mean, I know you say it's good to hear other people give you compliments, mm -hmm. but when did you to yourself, like, damn, like, you know, this shit is really like, you know, where you impressed yourself, you know? Um, I impressed myself. Actually, it's happened a few times, maybe my, maybe three or four times throughout my career where I said, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, I'm impressed with that myself. Um, I did a song for this group called Ideal. Mm. The first song I did was called Get Going. It was a smash. For them, right? And I um I was really nervous about it because that was my first placement ever. And making that record, I was completely, I mean, I I poured everything into trying to make that record really, really good. You know what I mean? Um, and it was a hit, and I was surprised it was a hit. The song, I did another song for them called Creep In. When I that's the first time I've had a feeling what at the mix, I was like, oh, this shit is good. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Um, then, uh, um, what's the next moment? Uh, it was Jagged Edge. Okay. And we made a song, we got a song called Walked Out of Heaven. Mm, yeah. And I remember smash, that's a sitting, smash hit. And I remember sitting at the mix, Walked Out of Heaven, saying, oh, this song is a hit. You know, like walking away, feeling like this song's going to be a hit. Um, um, another moment is when we made, um, we made Shake It Off. Okay. We Fe- from Mariah Shake Carey. It Off felt like a hit while we was writing it. Yeah. Felt like it what, a year, you like, said? It, it felt like a hit while we were writing. You know, sometimes yeah. you write a song and you're writing it and you're like, okay, we're going to finish it. Do you hear back? And he's like, okay, it is good. You know, Shake It Off felt like a hit from the time we press record and play on the NPC. You know what I'm saying? Like literally it felt like it was going to be a What hit. about when she got it? Like, you know, because we, no, we, you know, we were all together. We were, oh, okay, we, we were okay. in the same room. We did the song. So, um, and then Be Without You, definitely. Like when I got that, when I got that mixed back, I just was like, shit. Like I knew that song was going to be huge. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. It was like, now, you know I mean? now, in credit to JD and having a friendship for that long, you know, how did, and, and we were speaking about this off air and, and, and anybody listening, going over your journey and hearing your journey, but more importantly, even if they're like a producer or coming up or have visions, I always tell people, it's like, try to cross your T's and dot your I's. Yeah. How did you know, like, like, you know, about placements or ABSCAP or I'm mean, not ABSCAP, how do you say it right? Yeah, ABSCAP, sure. BMI, CSAC, yeah. BMI, right. But how did you know, even like in the sense of like, like, did you have to get a lawyer to get your name on on Shake It Off? Like to get the check coming? Like, how was that well, something that Jermaine? By the time yeah. we got to that place, I was really already in full swing of my music okay. career. By the time we got to that place, um, early on, I mean, I, 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 I had managers. I, my, my manager is still. I, I have the same manager from 1997. <laughs> Chris Hicks, Christopher Hicks is still my manager. So that says a um, lot about you. Yeah. So it was a company called Noontime, and you know, it was it was it was, it was like. I guess the best way I could describe you know, back in the 90s when they had production crews, you know, the Hitmen yep. and Hitman, yep. that and the third. So Noontime was like that kind of situation. So it was myself, Jazzy Faye, Teddy Bishop, my cousin Donnie Scantz, um, um, J-Dub, who was also a bad boy Hitman, mm-hmm. Dent, who was also a bad boy Hitman at the, at the same time. They were, they, were, they were managed by Puff, but signed a Noontime. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jonte, a young Jonte was a part of the writing crew. Brian and Brandon, that's how I met Jagged, that's how I met um, Jermaine Dupree. Brian and Brandon Casey from Jagged Edge were a part of Noontime as far as writers. Mm. And, you know, I was, I was very, very protected early on. You know what I mean? I signed when I was like 18 years old. Sure. I, was, I was protected by these guys, you know, early on. So I was just blessed. First of all, I knew about all of that stuff publishing stuff beforehand because I had mentors, Preston Middleton, Greg Curtis kind of taught me the game as far as what it should look like on a business side. But I was protected. Like literally I was blessed to be in a crew that protected me. Cause a lot, it was a lot of fucking going on back then. Like yeah, there was a yeah, lot yeah. of people getting fucked. They get caught up. You know what I mean? A lot of people signing to people and the shit was fucked up. You know what I mean? Just terrible deals, no money, you know, it just long ass deals, like just crazy. Luckily for me, I was in a space where I met a crew of people who were who lived by a different code. You know mm. what I mean? They, they came from a different place. They didn't really come from the industry. These guys came from another world. You know what I mean? And was able to escape that world 
and make make, make a name for sure, themselves sure, in the industry. Sure. And basically, the code that they took from that other world is what they brought into the music business. So the, all the deals were fair. Like it was no. See, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, like all the deals were fair. Now, would you back then you were getting BMI checks like in the mail? CSAC. I'm, okay. I'm a CSAC writer. So, so yeah. is there is there is there like you know? And the reason why it's off here, we're talking about Mel yeah. D. I was talking about top billing. Yeah. He would tell me even Sean Price, rest in peace. Uh, there's a couple of songs he would say, "Damn, he went to the the mailbox and you know it was a big check." Do you remember a moment where like a certain song because you've been involved in a lot mm-hmm. of smash hits mm-hmm. where maybe it was using a movie or like all of a sudden because because can you? Pre- I guess my question is, can you prepare to make money like that? Meaning like, you're like, holy shit, I, I just got a hundred thousand. Mm. We're going to do something like that. You didn't think, you didn't know that money was yeah. coming in. Yeah. Is that how like. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, that's actually the, a big downfall because you don't expect, you don't even know what to expect. And if, and if you're not prepared properly, if you don't understand the importance of financial literacy, you know, I was 19 years old and I got a check for like 200 grand. Like mm. I didn't. Yeah. Bro, I'm talking about a check in the <laughs> mail from my performance rights organization for like 200,000. Not an advance, not a, you know what I mean? This sure, is what sure. I earned. And I'm like, what? You know what I mean? You what, know, did you, what did you do? You don't uh, mind. John, man, I can't even, I don't even remember. I just, you know, I just know that I, as, a, as, a, as a 42 year old man, I look back at those years and I say to myself like oh man what was I doing you know <laughs> you know what I'm saying oh, but but um but it's you know it's all about it's all, it's all a part of the game and you know what let's take a quick break sitting here with the one and only Brian Michael yeah. Cox going over going over a lot of stuff okay yeah, internet yeah. we'll be right back don't go nowhere cheer what up internet to that lover come on son fuck out of here with that bullshit it's premium Pete baby Internet and we're back sitting down here with Brian Michael Cox in this beautiful undisclosed location. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, world is uh, kind of upside down, but you know we're trying to stay safe and 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 really just uh, man, it's it, it's it's. I don't want to go left from where we left off, but yeah. it's even you know you producing. Obviously, you never stop producing. You never yeah. stop songwriting. Yeah. But with everything going on, you know, in the world right now, it's like. You know, I'm sure that's still an outlet for you that makes you forget about things. For of course, me. yeah, of course, that and DJing and all yeah. that. It's a, it's it's definitely an escape. You know what I mean? Especially when you are kind of confined to the crib. You know, confined to one place. So you know, you find you find a way to to you know to you know get the creative juices out. You know what yeah. I mean? Get the outlet going. You know what I mean? You know, somebody asked me this, and I'm like, damn man, I gotta start asking people this, but. You know, we sat down for almost three and chain, three and a half months with COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still moving around. You know, just people trying to stay safe. You know, what's what's one thing you would say that you learned from it? You know, and, and if I answer oh. for myself, I would say like I learned like that. Damn, it's always the little things that we take for granted. Hundred percent. Well, man, I also learned we're on borrowed time. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when people, you know, when somebody close to you die. And you have that that moment, like man, you know, life is short. You know, um, I feel like what's happening now is that it, it's the equivalent to that. Because when you got to sit down and you can't do nothing, you know what I mean. All you got is your is your, you know. And for some people, luckily for me, you know, I'm I'm in a space in my life where I'm you know I've made a lot of records, and no matter what, I'm gonna get a check every 
every sure, month, sure. every three months. You know what I mean? So I'll be able to, you know, I'll be able to take care of what I need to take sure. care of, you know. But I spend a lot of time moving around and you realize that the hustle and bustle, you kind of run it from yourself. You know, you're not really facing the shit you got to face. You know what I'm saying? So the past couple of months, it's been like having to face shit that you don't want to face or that you haven't really tried to face and making decisions that that you probably should have made years ago. You need to do all that shit now. Sure, sure. That's, that's, what, this, that, that, that's what this to me I is agree. equivalent from. It's like, you know, because... We ain't got no time to like. People don't have time to lose, man. And, this, and basically, we, we we've lost time. We've lost. Yeah, we've lost so much time. You know what I mean? It's like the the I I have a different outlook on the value of time. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? It's important. You know, before we went on break, we talked about Mariah Carey. Yeah. Obviously, you wrote wrote and produced along with Jermaine Dupri and mm. a lot of other people a bunch of songs for Mariah Carey. I guess we were kind of speaking. What, what is the atmosphere in the studio making those type of hits? She's she's amazing. She's she's you know Mariah's one of the most creative people that I've I've been around. You know she's a you know, she's a she's a great she's one of our great songwriters. She's one of our great ones. You know what I mean? Um, and she's a phenomenal producer. When I say producer, I mean just bringing the whole idea to to. To close, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, like you know, closing all, you know, sure. getting her vocal right, getting making sure all the sounds are right. She's very, she's she's a she's a monster musician, you know what I mean, and you know, just it's always good to work with somebody who knows exactly where they're going. Yeah, you know what I mean, a lot of times when we get artists, and you know, we have to create the direction, which is you know a great thing too, um, but. I like I like working with Mariah a lot because Mariah, when she gets in the car, like she knows exactly where she wants to go, mm, mm. and that makes our job easy, and it makes it gives us room to just make the record be the best record that we could possibly make for. Trying, especially when you have a proven track record and someone believes in what you guys have done. Mm-hmm. I feel like you know you in the lab, you and Jermaine Dupri is like scientists. You know, it's yeah. and, and sometimes I'll be I'll be honest with you, I feel like and I've always seen, you know. And not that like oh, people always look for like um, being put out there, but I feel like some a lot of people don't realize how much uh, uh, work you have done. Like yeah. you know, like meaning you know maybe you're not the most boisterous guy. You know, like I did nah. this, I did that. You know, yeah. And and okay, quiet. Not saying you're quiet, but I'm saying sometimes quietness doesn't get like all the uh, social. That doesn't mean that that person hasn't done it or is living, you know, off of 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 you know all those contributions. Yeah. So. You know, it's 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 special to see that. Even like John to Austin, like a lot John of people, to, yeah. a lot of people didn't even realize yeah. how much he did when he did that. With, that was incredible uh, that he yeah. did that versus. I was so happy he yeah. did it. Um, because John Tay is, you know, he's a he's a legend. Yeah, he's a legend. You know what I mean? Super smashes. You know that people didn't really realize that he was, you know, that he was a, uh, uh, you know, a part involved of. Involved in, yeah. You know, he surprised in. Neo. Yeah, Neo yeah. was like, shit. I didn't even know you made that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's just just talent, man. You you know, uh, uh, before you were speaking about uh, Michael Jackson and Prince, did you ever get a chance to meet Michael Jackson? Um, never got a chance to meet him. I got a chance to talk to him on the phone. Okay. Uh, oh, when never, Jermaine Dupri yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Never got a chance to meet him. Um, um, got a chance to meet Prince. Uh, in fact, my friend, uh, uh, her name is Ashley to me, but she, she's an artist name is. Uh, Tamar. Okay, yeah. And uh, she was Princess, one of Princess' protégés. 
and just an amazing vocalist, like, you know, from, from Houston and just, you know, we grew up together, me, her and her brother, we all grew up together and she's a phenomenal person, a phenomenal artist. Prince was her, you know, was her, was mentor. He, 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 he raised up and, you know, uh, she won like two Grammys with him, like crazy, mm. you know what I mean? And uh, the the year that I was nominated, one year I was nominated for a gang of Grammys. It was, it was the Be Without You year. And we sat, me and my mother had like front row seats at the Grammys because I was nominated for all these wild awards. And um, Tamar was sitting, Tamar was sitting literally uh, uh, right, at, right in front of me. And then like, you know, 10 minutes into the show, she had a seat open. 10 minutes to the show, here comes Prince coming down, he sits right next to her, you know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know? My mother, who's who never gets starstruck about anybody, starts to lose her shit. And I'm like, yo, mom, we're all on live TV. You cannot lose your shit right now. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Um, but, I mean, just, you know, if you could just have a little bit of that energy that they sure. have, man. Sure. You know, Michael's, Michael's amazing. Prince is amazing. Prince, you know. Yeah, it's icons, man. I mean, when you think, you know, it's even special though. When I look at somebody who started their career, a passionate person, and have your mother there. Yeah. When you're trying to win, when you know, when you're up for winning a Grammy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, how how was how happy was she for you? Oh yeah, at that point, for that particular one, I we we had been there a few times, so. You oh know, yeah, I got used yeah, to it. She was kind of, you know, the Prince thing threw off, but yeah. at that point we had been there a few times. Uh, um, I'm super proud. My mother's proud to this day still. You know, how many do you got? Nine. Okay. So do you hang, do you hang them uh, in the house? Oh uh, well, you drinking douce out of them. Well, like, a lot you know? of them, a lot of them are are, are my are my grandparents, my grandmother, my okay. grandfather's house. You know, I, I have I have a few at my crib, but. A lot of them at my grandfather's house, you know, just to kind of, you know, my grandfather's 92, my mom, you know, just kind of give them, you know. Sure. They, you know, they did a lot of work to get me here. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Just uh, give, give some love to the the, the family, yeah. the grandparents. I always say this too. Um, as we're getting older, uh, so are our parents. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we speak about that thing called time, so it's important. You know, just just look, obviously you, you, you wrote a lot, you produced a lot, you've been nine Grammys. Mm -hmm. Probably how many nominations? Uh, I think thirteen. Was it fourteen? I, I got I got to count them. I mean, the batting average is good when you look yeah, at nine yeah, out of yeah. thirteen. But but yeah. what would you say looking back? You know, because again, you're not a person that you know is a bragger or this. Yeah. But would you say looking back is some of your favorite sessions? You know, um, I would definitely say all the early jagged edge stuff. We all we had a good time and we was broke. And we was trying to trying to figure it out. It was at noontime trying to figure it out. And it was a lot of fun. We was eating a lot of chicken wings and, you know, we experimenting and trying to figure out what the sound was going to be. That was fun. Um, my Usher sessions, the Usher sessions are always great, you know, because we, everybody's at a place now, we all like family. So, yeah. like... The Usher sessions are super fun. You already know what you came to yeah. do. The most you get recent Usher session has been really fun, though. For, on his new album. Yeah, because, you know. When is that coming out? I have no idea. I hope, it, I hope it's coming this year. Yeah. I, 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 I was supposed that it would be coming in the next few months because they're gearing up. So. I mean, music is so important, right? Yeah. I mean, it's always been, but right yeah. now I feel like. It's, it's so necessary right now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, um, the these sessions have been. Really, really fun. The sessions we had in Vegas like 10 years ago were super fun. That's when the whole Oceans 
you know, seven thing came about. Sure. Um, but these sessions have been special because, you know, uh, Usher's best friend, Keith, is an on a project. So Keith works at RCA Records for Mark Pitts. And this is like the first time we're able to kind of just, Keith usually would just bring songs. You know, like Keith found love in this club for Usher. He found so few. But this particular time, it feels like we're like, in the whole, like we're in the trenches together. Sure, you know sure. I mean? Creating, yeah. And Keith from is, A to Z. Yeah, like Keith has been with us every step of the way, and really been a champion, like a really like you know campaigning for us in a real way. And um, it's just been fun. I think that this has been probably some of the most fun we've had uh, making an album. And hopefully, it obviously it's been reacting pretty well. A couple singles that came out, people really rock with. Yep. So hopefully, we'll will the next single will knock it out the park, and um, you know. We get an album out and everybody will rock with it. But I know it's been fun. This has been it's been a fun time. You know, somebody like Usher, you know, you don't get, I'm sure, I mean, you're like family, but sometimes you don't get to hear, um, you know, your thoughts on them. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when somebody, sometimes somebody else actually makes you think, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, if, for somebody who doesn't say no Usher or, or, I mean, they know his music, but what, what would you say is, is special about him, like, you know, as a person? Oh, Usher is... Usher is one of those people that, you know, I'm I'm a little disappointed at at how the public handles him. You know what I'm saying? Because he's special. You know, he's he's always been a special artist. I mean, since day one, he's always been a special artist. We're talking about a guy who, I mean, he's a superstar. Mm. And I feel like the public, they they they. They don't handle him the way they should handle him. They don't handle somebody. They don't handle him the way they should handle the person that sold, you know, all those records. You know, he sold five million mile away records. He sold seven million, eight, seven one records. So ten million confession records. You know what I mean? Like he he's the only artist, the last artist, black artist, to go diamond in the past twenty years. Mm. I mean, outside of like, you know, Fifty Cent, you know, hip hop shit. He's the like, R and B. It's not an R&B artist that sold 10 million on one album. Not one. Name, not, nobody. Not one. You know what I'm saying? Justin Timberlake ain't sold 10 million on one album as a solo artist. You know, Beyonce ain't sold one, ain't sold 10 million on one album as a, as a, as a, as a, as a solo artist. Um, you know, Trey Songs. I mean, you know, Chris Brown. I'm talking about one album, 10 million. You know what I'm saying? People still talk about confessions. To, people still talk about confessions today, like it came out yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic. So, I just don't. I'm disappointed in how the public treats him and how they and how they. You know what I mean? It's like we got to work five times as hard to get people to recognize this man's greatness. You know what I mean? And he shows up every single time. This that performance he did for the BT Wars with Summer Walker smashed it. Like. He shows up every single time. So, um, to me, I'm going to always be like a like the number one advocate for Usher Raymond because I feel like he's just an artist. I've always been a fan of him, of his. He's the only artist I ever desired to work with. Mm. Like out of all the artists that I wanted to work, with, was like, yo, I want to work with Usher Raymond. So when I got the opportunity to work with him, when Jermaine was like, I'm, you know, I'm calling, you, we're going to do Usher. I'm like, that. He's the only. That's the only time I've ever been like super excited to work with an artist. You know what I mean? So, you know. It it's he's a special artist, and I think that um, this run is going to be a good run for him. I think that is going to be a, a reminder, remind people how special he is, and you know, you know, 
I think that we're going to show people that he's, he's, you know, he the one. He is, he is who he is. He's the one. Usher Raymond, you know, uh, before we spoke about Beyonce, um, and you produced it early on some Destiny Child stuff. Yeah. Have Special. you ever, have you ever done? Have you seen her over the years? Special. Have you ever run back into her? Or? Yeah, over the years, yeah. we've seen each other over the years. I'm 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 very 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 close with Latoya still. Okay. Very close with Kelly. Mm. Very close with Angie, who's Beyonce's cousin. I see Angie all the time, and we it's, it's just love. It's always gonna be love with us because we we're kids together. Now, now I know it's easy to say this, but I mean, did you see just what she could become? She's yeah. a fucking superstar. Man. Yeah. It was no no question, no question. Them girls were, them girls were. Ready. I don't think I've ever seen a group that polished, that young, that polished. They were polished, young. They were, they were, it was just, it was, they were just on it. They went another league, man. Mm. As little kids, they went another league. You know what I mean? So Beyonce was, Beyonce was just special, man. Just always just, she has, the reason, her, her and Usher, what they have in common that I, that I admire about both of them as artists is that fucking work ethic, man. Like mm. her work ethic is fucking, it's not, it's insane. You know what I mean? When I first started working with Usher, I didn't, I, I never seen an artist work that hard. You know what I mean? If, him and her are the only two artists I've ever seen work as hard as they do. Like on some Michael Jackson shit. You know what I mean? You know, um, and you could tell, like Beyonce's live show is like a yeah, yeah, it's a movie. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, you it's, like, it's like a mini documentary. So, so, but she's always been that way. Like, like from the day from the day I first heard her when we when we did that session, I was just I was blown away. Like, yo, this girl is only fucking thirteen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was seventeen and she was thirteen. True. And I'm like, yo, this girl is singing grown ass people under the table. Oh my goodness, this is she's. She's out of here, you know what I mean. So it's like you only see you only see that a couple times when it's that special. Like yo, this is phew. some people. A lot of people can sing, you know what I mean. A lot of people are talented, but that special shit. Mm. That shit. That shit is just some different shit. You know what I mean? And she's that. That's Beyonce, no doubt. You know, uh, before we wrap up, um, you know, you spoke a lot about mentors. Yeah. And obviously, I could see it, it. It had a big impact on your life. Yeah, you know, as producer or a songwriter or aspiring or young kids or people from Atlanta or, or wherever in the world, mm -hmm. you know, um, what would be some advice that you would give, like a producer or a songwriter that's just trying to get started or has an vision or has an mm -hmm. aspiration to do that? Well, the first thing is now you guys have every op the options are limitless. You know, do not limit yourself. When I was coming up, it was very hard to get heard. You know what I'm saying? In the 90s, it was very hard to get heard. Like, you know, you might send, you might send a tape to a label and, you know, yeah, I mean, you know I'm saying like it's sure. a million tapes, like, you know, million yeah. tapes, you know. It just like, gets yeah. thrown on the table. Um, now you can actually create your own circle of people that fuck with you and that grows, that, that can grow if you are consistent. You know what I mean? So, the, the, don't limit yourself. You know, even if you feel like you're playing to one person, keep playing to that one person and to that one person. If this is what you're passionate about. Sure. All right. If it's about getting rich fast, then you may be in the wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. Music. <laughs> but if, if you're passionate about music and you just want to make music, and there are a lot of people there who just want to make music, you know what I mean? Keep fucking catering to the people that, you know, if it's one person, if it's 10 people, keep, if you want to keep pushing it out, keep pushing it out. It's going to fucking stick. Something's going to stick. He, if you keep, 
going. You know what I mean? Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is understand the business. Right now, you the the not the, the the knowledge, the information is limitless. You know what I mean? We I, we couldn't even get the information back in the 90s. You know, I'd buy these thick-ass books, just sure. business, the business of music and this, then, the third. I didn't really understand it until Kashif wrote his book, which put everything in layman's terms. Like, okay, now I understand what all this shit means. But I remember I got this big-ass book when I was like 14 years old. This thick called This Business of Music. It was written by like five lawyers. I'm like, I don't understand what this <laughs> shit is. You know what I mean? But, you know, now, dog, I, now, I, let's put it this way. I learned how to cook during quarantine via YouTube. Like, mm. man, you, you can, can do anything. You can, you can find out anything you want to find out. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I know people who change their brakes on YouTube for their car. It's crazy. Like, how about this? I'm not even a handy guy. I changed my thermostat. I know that may seem not like a now, but I'm not a handy guy. Bro. I watch a YouTube. Boom. Same here. I, I, I've been putting together tables and fixing my, you know, I fix my faucets, like the faucets yeah, in yeah. my crib. Like, I'm doing all kinds of shit at the house. Like, those are like information, information is limitless. I'm talking about limitless. So as a producer, songwriter, trying to get in this game, you have every tool. That you that you need to at least get heard, you know what I mean. The the point is to get heard, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And um, I would utilize every tool, you know what I mean. Understand the back the backdrop of the business. Like if you if you go and you start putting records out via you know TuneCore or via you know DistroKid or whatever it is, read read the final print. You know, sure. understand the back business. It's pretty it's pretty straightforward though. You know what I mean. Um, but you know, people are creating the content. People got a laptop, they're creating everything. They're doing a the video. They're doing the music, they're mastering. You know what I mean? There's just so many things. There's so many things you can do. Um, so many tools you guys yeah. have that, you know, now, you know, that creatives have that we didn't have coming sure, up. Sure, that'll you know? help propel them. You know, exactly. you, you you also, as, as you uh, send a message to producers and songwriters of the future, you know, what would you say is one thing that, or, well, not maybe one thing, but something that now that you're older and you look back, that you would have done different, you know? You, you, you ever think like that? A hundred percent. I feel like it's good to look back and reflect and adjust, mm. which you, because you, 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 got, you got, it's lessons, right? You know, you, every L is a lesson, right? So when you look back and say, okay, yo, when, because for me, I always look at my life as a, as a, cycle you know what you know things always come back around you know Quincy Jones has this saying that um you know take care of the valleys the hills take care of themselves right so you know when you on top you know shit everybody on you know everybody wants you you know what I mean the thing is when when you're in that valley that's when you look back and you reflect and you adjust because when that hill because the hill is coming if you keep working the hill's coming so when the hill comes again You've adjusted. Now you know how to adapt to this new hill. So I would say there was, there, there, there's a lot of mistakes I made. <laughs> a, lot, a lot, you know what I mean? Um, because I feel like when I was younger, I felt like everybody around me, all of my friends were supposed to have the same kind of vision, the same kind sure, of values. hustle and yeah. bustle that I had. Uh, and the same kind of passion I had for wanting to wanting to get out here and get it. I I wasn't wishing for nothing. I wasn't sitting back waiting for somebody to do it for me. I I had to go figure it out. You know what I mean? And I was hoping that by me doing that, I brought along a lot of my a lot of my people, which is not a bad thing. You know what I mean? But throughout the years, it's only been a few people that really 
that I brought along that really got the concept and said, okay, I'm, you know, this is not a free ride and not to knock anybody who was with me. Sure, sure. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I feel like a lot of times if you don't know what your place is, you know what I mean? You got to have people around you that know what they, what they want to do. If you don't know what you want to do after a while, you fuck out. I'll, I'll sit here for a little while until I figure it out. But if you never figure it out, then it'll be 10 years later and we still ain't figured it out. Then that's a problem. You know what I mean? Um, so I would have tried to identify or help my friends identify early on what they wanted to do instead of just saying, y'all, come on, let's just go and we're just going to have a good time. We had a good time, you know what I'm saying? But, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of fucking money, you know what I'm saying? Sure, I went sure, broke, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I would have I would have spent more time identifying. Like right now, there are a few friends of mine that I that, that we've been we've been friends for, you know, decades now, but now they're finally getting the idea, you know what I mean? And I have a friend of mine who's like one of my best friends now. He knows what he wants to do. And it's clicking for him. And that I, I could get behind that. Sure, sure. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think the most important thing that I would that I would change, you know what I mean? Um, is the respect for the money. You know, I just had no respect for the money, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had no respect for the deals I was making. I was making some monumental deals, making some big cake, and was not had no respect for it. You know what I mean? I wasn't doing shit with it, but spending it. You know what I'm saying? And couldn't wait to spend it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Clear. Like I'm calling the bank, like the check cleared. Like I couldn't wait pa- to spend parents it. Parents used to say, burn a hole in your pocket, oh, right? Oh man, I couldn't wait to spend the money. You know what I'm saying? On everything and everybody. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, would, uh, I would respect the paper more. Like I respect my paper now in a real way, in a way Absolutely. that I never, you know, like I'm very, very, very tight. Tight and frugal with well, my shit yeah, now. You know what I mean? Um, 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 and luckily, I mean, just I mean, thank thank God, you know, that I'm still, um, I was still able to make money, and I'm still bankable, and you know, still, you know, I, I still have uh, have some profitable shit going on. You know what I mean? Because if not, man, it, it would be looking bad, man. I, I would be really down and out because the amount of money I spent just frivolously in my twenties. In the early 30s, I would, I, I mean, that would, that would be the number one thing I go back and like change. Like the way I am now with my paper, I would be like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's just, it's just, I was just so loose with it and just, you know, and, you know, paying employees, like you don't pay people with your own money. You're supposed to go get a deal and, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to go make, yeah. make, make somebody else pay for it. You know, that yeah. when you're building a company, you know, like, like I was working my ass off just to, and I was just paying people and for nothing, you know, there were people who were just getting paychecks just to be around, just to be there, you know, to produce an event a year or two events a year, but they were getting a weekly check or a monthly check. You know what I mean? I had security guards, bro. I had like two big ass security guards. Like, why? You know, I look back at that. I'm like, that was really fucking unnecessary. But at the time it was like, you know, I had the paper. I was making money crazy and we was out here and the, you know, you feel like, Oh, I'm, you know, everybody else has security and maybe I need security. Like maybe I'm tripping. Yeah, sure. Sure. Maybe, maybe I should, you know, and, and you, people tell you that you need it. Cause there might be people trying to jack you or look at you crazy because I was becoming a public figure. 
So I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll get security. But I really didn't need it. You know, I look back, I'm like, what? What did I do that for? You know what I mean? So it's just, there's certain things that, and no disrespect to the people I hired that did of a great course, job. Of course, you know I mean? I'm just saying I didn't need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you didn't learn you didn't need it until you didn't, you know until, what I mean? Yeah. So it's one of the things kind of like, I would just respect the paper. You know I what I mean? I want to, uh, before we uh, go, I know that I mentioned a lot of artists that you worked uh, with, but it's crazy because there's so many more, you know? Yeah. Um, man. I'm trying to make sure that we uh, get them, okay? Let's see. Hold on. Um, we already mentioned Tony Braskin. Yeah. Uh, Tony Braxton, who I love. I love Tony. I love yeah, Tony Braxton. Yeah, he's an amazing, amazing artist. Yeah, amazing. I mean, amazing. just uh, just babyface works with Tony Braxton is something that I really yeah. always admire. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, he discovered her, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. So Tony Braxton, Ron Isley, yeah. right? Monica. Monica, of course, my Keisha sister. Keisha Cole. Keisha Cole, yeah. Jermaine Dupree, obviously. Uh-huh. Jagged Edge. Mm. Fade Evans. Faith. Kelly Rowan. Yeah. Destiny Child. Chris Brown. Yeah. Brandy. Bow Wow. Yeah. Aaliyah. Yeah. And am I leaving anybody off? I mean, I mean, there's a lot more people than that, but that's, <laughs> that's you know, that that's a good start. Um, Monica's like, like, like my sister. Like, she's yeah. like, you know, she's... You know, why do you think they always try to put Monica versus Brandy when they're both talented, amazing artists? Because people do, you know, people live for competition. You know, you know the, the society, they love to pit people against each other. You know what I mean? And they've always kind of pitted those two girls against each other, those two women, excuse me, two grown women now. Uh, they always kind of pitted those two women against each other for whatever reason. Um, and I know, you know, I I know a lot of the story just because I'm, you know, Monica's like my sister, and then I'm I've been friends with Brandy. You know, f- you know for a long time. Brandy's a good friend of mine. Um, you know, it's just society pitting them yeah. against each other. You know what I mean? You know, I'm I'm really glad that now they're old enough though, where they kind of don't let that they don't feed into it like sure, that anymore. Sure. You know, when they were when they were, I think when they were kids, they fed into it, but yeah, I think now they don't really feed into it like that. You know what I mean? They just kind of chuck it off as people talking. You know what I'm saying? Speaking about pitting uh, one against each other before. Uh, we came up here, we spoke about verses. Yeah. We spoke about Beyonce. Yeah. And I says, man, if Beyonce did a verses, she got to go against Mariah Carey. Yeah. I mean, That's I don't gonna, know. I, would break, I would love for people break, to tell. Yeah. That would break the internet. If they if they could get a Beyonce versus Mariah versus, that would be, I mean, at that point, you could just... Yeah, you could you could pack 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 your shit and go home. Like that's it. You know what I mean? Like that's like the Cooper. Is there Club. one that you've uh, been thinking of that you w- would like to see? Is there like something you know? Um, I've seen a lot. I mean, they've they've done a lot of ones. A lot of the ones I love, like you know the 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 premiere versus Rizzo yeah, Rizzo, was crazy. That, was, that was dope. Babyface uh, versus uh, Teddy Riley yeah, was crazy. That was classic. Um, the T Pain versus Lil Jon yeah, was that, crazy. That was underrated. In my that opinion. was crazy. I think, that was I think amazing. People, that was that was ill. Um, of course, we talked about Jante versus yeah, uh, yeah, Leo, was, which was amazing. Special. Um, I mean, they, they've had some really, really dope ones, man. You know what I mean? Really, really, really incredible ones. Um, um, the Jada Kiss versus uh, Fab, Fab yeah. was Alicia dope. Alicia Keys versus John Legend. Yeah, they've had some really good ones. The, the Benny Man versus, Benny Man versus uh, 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 Bounty Killer. The Bounty Killer, crazy. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, that was, that was that tremendous. Was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think that one set, you know, each one, like, there's the ones that set the tone. So, why people kind of don't look at certain ones, like, as monumental. Like, I think people overlooked the Little John T Pain joint because it was really good, but it didn't set a tone. Like, the John T. Neo thing set a tone because it was after the dream. 
Sean Garrett thing that was kind of like willy nilly <laughs> all over the place. That was wild. Uh, it was funny, and the, they set it off. And then and you had Scott Storch for us, uh, Manny yeah, Fresh. Manny Fresh. I just think that those were like kind of willy nilly. You know what I mean? I don't think Manny Fresh was ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't ready at all. Scott Storch. Flamed him. Yeah, you know but what I mean? that was funny. He did have some skits. I was like, "What is he yeah, doing?" Yeah, he had with all these? the skits, and like, and you know, uh, I I think Scott said something that was I thought was hilarious. He said, he said, uh, he said "You got you skits, make skits for what I it make is. hits, yeah, something yeah, like that." But I feel like Manny wasn't prepared. I feel like Manny, if Manny was prepared, he would sure, he, he sure, would have been sure. in the game with Scott. But he just he just wasn't. He was so caught up in the theatrics of it. Um, one thing I do like about verses is is and it's always good is that. Overall, when you say, when you think about it, it's people coming together and showing their love for, for one each other and yeah. the world gets a chance. It's not like, and we should try to get away from that. And I know hip hop has always been that way, but as a battle sport, but meanwhile, a showing love to each other of, of like, like that John, that John, you know, I mean, I never say his name right. Jonte Austin and, yeah. ne and Neo. That I mean, incredible. the love that they showed the each other. incredible was so special. I mean, it's more of that showed yeah. love like that. Like yeah. Premier and Rizzo showed so much love. But, but I like to see that. You know what I mean? I like to see. What What, what are your thoughts on on, on T.I. calling 50 Cent out? I mean, I think, you know, it's crazy because I see it was trending all over the place and I see people saying, oh, you, like my man Rob Markman, I seen him write like, yo, people are not acting like 50 wasn't the hottest rapper out here. You know what I mean? Um, I also feel like people don't, <laughs> don't remember that T.I. has like hits. three oh, or four oh, forget about it. joints like Album proper, proper joints like King, I would Paper love to, Trail, I would love to see it. Trap music yeah. like proper joints. You I mean, know what I mean? I mean, it would be a great matchup. I would love. I I would love to see that. I yeah. would love to see that. I think that would be really really dope. I think if they could get that, if they can get that off the ground, I think if it. I think fifty. I think fifty would do it. By the way, I mean fifty was you know. Who called Ja, ja Ru called, ja Ru 50, called him out. Yeah, you know? but that, I mean, Ja's my guy. Like, no, yeah. but don't, don't nobody want to see that because I, I, I feel like it's going. It, it's, it's nasty energy. Yeah, make it, yeah, yeah. It's nasty energy. I think the Ti Fifty is going to be funny. You know what I'm saying? Sure, you tip were saying yeah, yeah. tips funny, fifty funny, fifty's funny. I think it's going to be got funny, hits. and they got hits. You know, I think it's going it's, to. It's, it's not done in a way. It's not a nasty. Energy. I think that that would be a good one. I think I, I, when I saw that, I was like, "That's good." I don't know why nobody thought about that. That's that's, that's that'd be a good one. Ti versus Fifty be a good one. Special verses. Listen, uh, you know, we went over the career, the journey. Yeah. Uh, shouts to mom for believing. Yeah. Um, shouts to you for um, having the foresight to realize that, like, yo, I made some mistakes, but those are lessons, yeah. right? And 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 honestly having a resume that is very special, very powerful that any producer could be inspired by. Yeah. Lastly, who haven't you worked with that you want to um, work with today at 2020? Um, I've worked with pretty much everybody. Um, but I'd like to, you know, I've worked, I've worked with Justin Timberlake. Mm. I haven't done anything for Justin Timberlake or been a part of a project. Like he's an artist who I like. I've always liked, I've always thought, you know, was really, really dope and he's super talented. And uh he makes incredible music with Timbaland and with with, with the Neptunes. Yep. Um he's an artist that I would that I would I would love to he's have an opportunity to get in the studio with and just see what would happen. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, um I'm trying to think, who else? I'd like to get in the studio with Rihanna. I've never worked with Rihanna. Mm. I've never made a record for Rihanna. She's, you know, yeah, amazing. You know what I mean? She's, she's got her shit together when it comes to making records. 
You know what I mean? She got that shit all the way yeah, together. Yeah, she's I remember I'm just was I remember hearing Just talk about uh Just Blaze talk about making uh Live Your Life. Yeah. Uh with uh, TI yeah, and um and um and Rihanna. Yeah. So and she's, how special that was. Yeah, she's 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 fire. Like I think that I would love to make a record with her. Um then a lot of new artists I like, you know, I've been in the studio with Keanu Lede. I've been in the studio with um of course, I did. I did. Uh, I worked with LMA, mm-hmm. um, um, I, uh, Queen Naja, who I who I dig. I, I've been in the studio with her. She's she's dope. Um, I mean, there's a lot of new artists, man. Ro James, who's fire. Yeah, you know yep. what I mean. Miguel is an artist who I love. Like one of my. Is Ro James got that song Permission out? Mm-hmm. Well, that was when he had. That's like what's, that's like an old joint for him. He got he got he got. I new just album got put on to that joint. He got a new album that's fire, like yeah. for real, like. Ro James is an artist I really, really, I've known him for a long time. We don't work together, but we're friends. I've known him since, you know, he first started back in the day. Uh, Miguel is another person who's a friend of mine. I've never worked with him, you know, on an album, but he's like a dear friend. I've known him for many years, and he's an artist who I really, really, I fuck with. He's dope as shit. Um, um, you know, I'm paying attention to what's out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm paying attention to what's out there. You, sure. know, I, I, you know, I like... What's happening in hip hop? You know, I love you know. I'm fucking with Lil Baby and the Baby, yeah. and I'm fucking with you know Kendrick and J Cole, and you know I'm fucking with hip hop hard right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we were talking about Future earlier. You know, I'm yeah. I'm, 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 I'm fucking with Future. Um, Drake, what I mean, a career! Really doesn't even get he, as an artist. I want. I've, I've never worked with Drake. Yeah, I would want to work with. Like he's a he's a he's a he's an anom- anomaly. Yeah, you know what I mean? Drake is one of those people that's you know, he's a ridiculous songwriter. Like songs. Like if you say, I want Drake to come write a song for so and so. Like he wrote, he wrote that song for Alicia Keys, one of my favorite songs for yeah, Alicia yeah, Keys. Yeah. Un- unthinkable. You know what I mean? It's like Drake wrote that. So it's is, like isn't it crazy that just because of one thing that people try to uh pigeonhole people, mm-hmm. like meaning like if, you know, with this whole um uh Quentin Richardson that he wrote something. And Q and Q was fire. Q was but, dope. So so you know what I mean? How, and not to get wrapped into the, yeah. the story of this, but because it's old, but meaning that people can't realize like he's a good writer. He's an amazing writer, meaning mm-hmm. Drake. But mm-hmm. you know, he had contribution here. He and sometimes somebody may just come with an idea you like. Like Mariah, like you think about it, you wrote tons of songs with people 100%. for other people mm-hmm. who are incredibly talented. That yeah. doesn't take away from them. You're contributing as a team. Exactly. As as maybe that worked for him for those things. Yeah. And as a writer, you get inspired. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, as, if you're a true songwriter, I understand people like, I'm a rapper or this, that, and the third. But here's the reality, right? You know, nobody will ever admit that LL Cool J wrote some, wrote some bars from Ron DMC yeah, back yeah. in the early 80s. Like, that's a fact. You know what I mean? It's a fact that Run DMC wrote Paul Revere for the Beastie Boys. That's a fact. Nobody's, nobody was all in the bars about Mike D and MCA. That's not their bars. Like, it didn't matter. The shit was a smash. And they loved the idea. And it was like, we're going to take this idea and we're going to fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, you know, I just feel like that was just, and granted, it's beautiful that they made up and that shit is, you know, yeah. behind them now. Because Meek is incredible. I, I think he's, I think he's, one of our young, like young guns, like you know, fiery artist, and he has any, 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 and he has purpose. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm glad that 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 part is behind him. You know what I'm saying? But I think that people who criticize 
collaboration. You'd be surprised how much of how many of your favorite rappers collab. Sure, sure. You'd be surprised. Sure. That you know, that's not just sample credits in there. That name, that guy probably was in there writing bars. I think Diddy you always know? gets the funny uh, quote by saying, I don't write rhymes, rhymes I write, write checks. checks. <laughs> the, the 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 and here's the thing about Puff, you know, everybody say what they want to say about Puff, man. Puff's energy alone in the room changes and shifts everybody's creativity. So, mm. you know, whether you want to, you know, believe it or not, you know what I'm saying? He's in the room, the shit different. A hundred percent. So should he get paid for that energy? I mean, yeah, I mean, he, listen, you know, I heard, I heard, I heard a lot of stories. I heard he puts the music full blast. No, Puff is, Puff's energy know, is crazy. Goes running around the room, you know. Um, if he fucking with it, yeah, it, 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 all, it all does, it all does, it just boosts your energy. So if your energy fucking with, it, I remember the first, the first time I went to work with Puff. Right, we did, we were doing making a band, mm-hmm. and this is, this is when the girls, just before the girls even had a name. They, they had picked the girls, but they didn't even have a name yet. So it was the second season of Danny the King, right? And I went in there and I wrote a song. Me and my me and my team, we did a song called Ride For You. But before I had the lyrics, all I had was the melody. Um, but I did a track, I had a melody. And Kendrick, my, my cousin Kendrick actually wrote the lyrics. He wrote the lyrics to the song, but I actually did the melody. So um, <laughs> I play him. Uh, uh, a rough. It's just basically the music and me singing like vowels. Not it was no words yet. It was just I was just mumbling the melody. <laughs> Puff stops the music. He's like, "Yo, Playboy, that's you." Now mind you, I'm like, "Yeah, that's, I'm just it's just a rough man. We got we got no words yet. We writing." He's like, "Yo, man, the mumbles is crazy, man. Play that back." Like his energy was so <laughs> crazy. So. When he left, it was like, maybe we gotta finish this song right now. You know what I mean? It was like, like he's a per he's like, he's like the supreme motivator. Like he's the he galvanizes and he motivates. That's what yes, I think, you know, everybody, you know, people say his marketing shit is his gift. Nah, his gift is the, being able to galvanize and motivate motherfuckers to be on his paper, be on his wave. Like that's his gift. You know what I mean? And you're like, shit, we gotta get this shit done. You know what I mean? And um you know, I think that's I think that's worth his weight in gold. You yeah, know, you know, not everybody can do that. That's that that's a gift. Yeah, you know, it's, it's special to see. I mean, listen, it contributes to a lot of what we know. A lot of oh, you know, culture, music, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah for real. Shouts to Diddy. You know, uh, listen, man, is 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 so much to. It's it's sometimes it's so hard to do episodes. To narrow it down, where, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, you know, it's hard to narrow it's hard to it down. Narrow down someone's life because I like to always just give the highlights of people's yeah. lives and, and, uh, you know, let them see, but listen, it's been a, a, one hell of a journey for you and it's still going on. Yeah, man. Um, there's a lot of things coming up. Usher album, yeah, Usher uh, album. other stuff, uh, you know, yeah, things you're doing, working on. Uh, Usher's album. We're doing, uh, finishing up just, I mean, doing a new Jagged Edge album, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, obviously been talking to, you know, different artists. So I've been, I've been talking to Tyrone and, and no idea about Snow Allegra. I've been mm-hmm. trying to pull together a few ideas for her. I'm sending to them. Um, you know, we're developing this concept mastery, me and John Tay and my manager Chris. That's been an IG an IG live show that we've been developing mm-hmm. for a few for a few months now and it's kind of it's, it's catching steam. Um, so hopefully we'll we'll see that develop into something. Um 
Um, I was I'm developing a show with this company called Den of Thieves, uh, a show called Hustle and Harmony. Um, so like I'm 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 definitely getting in the content space. Obviously, I'm doing my own live stuff. So yeah, yeah. we're doing we're doing the we're doing the uh, the love zone parties that I do, the virtual party yeah. I do. Uh, three nights a week. You know, this whole COVID thing has really shifted the business model, you know what I mean, a bit. So I've teamed up with Jameson to do Love Zone now. That thing, I just, we just signed a contract today. Congrats. So um, starting Thursday, we're going to do, we, we, we're going to be uh, sponsored by Jameson. So, you know, I'm just, just, just creating new ways to- Yeah, sure. Transition, evolving. You know, and then of course there's a, you know, I'm, I'm making a transition to LA. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll always have a foot here in Atlanta. When but, is that um, happening? As soon as possible. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm, my target date is October, but you know, depending on. Palm tree I'll, BMC. Yeah. I, you know, I'm more, I'm excited about the concept of being out there a little longer, you know, more than being here. Um, and just because I'm, you know, I'm motivated differently out there. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, and I look at proximity. I feel like Atlanta is always going to be a place where the proximity of creativity is always going to be dense. So it's going to be dope shit coming out of here and culture coming out of coming from here. You know, I mean, and I'm a part of that, the fabric of the city. So I can't ever, never, ever turn my back on the city. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I will mm. always be a part of this city. A lot but, of magic made uh, in uh, ATL. Yeah. And not only in Magic City. I know, right? <laughs> well, but, listen, uh, yeah. keep, keep it locked. Internet, keep it locked to Brian Michael Cox. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. I want you to do is also dig in the catalog and Google all the, uh, you know, songs and artists he worked with and listen to them, man. They got to make a Brian Michael Cox playlist. They got this on Spotify? Yeah, they actually have. They have. Apple has one. Spotify has okay. one. Title has one now. Go check that out. So, yeah, go check it out. We, you know, they, 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 the title one is pretty, it's pretty extensive. Yeah. Like Apple, I think Apple kind of shortchanged me. Yeah. Well, we got Elliot yeah, Wilson the, and all them over there. Yeah. So title is definitely doing title, title, title was pretty extensive. Yeah. That list is pretty extensive. I was like, shit, okay. I got Spotify. My man Isaiah always says uh that uh title has a, a, a more better sound, but I don't know. I gotta I gotta check it out. Do people care? That's the question, you know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But listen, internet's Brian Michael Cox. Uh thanks for uh Thank being you, on the man. show. All the best. Thank you, bro. We'll check in with you soon. Yes, sir. Thank Peace. you. Oh, yeah, Internets. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Brian Michael Cox, man. I enjoy putting out some of these new episodes. We got a bunch of new ones coming up on deck, okay? I, listen, I'm excited. Just make sure you get involved. Make sure you listen. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. Make sure you subscribe, rate to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Make sure you mess with YouTube. Continue to tell. And you know what? You want me to produce a show for you? You want to you, you want to advertise on the Premium P Show? You're a big brand, small brand. Don't matter. Email me, thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Again, thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Hit me up. Let me know. And let's talk and let's discuss further and let's get to working. Listen, I'm around a team. We produce shows, get ads on my show, other shows, whatever it is you want to learn about the podcasting world, email me. Again, one more time, thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Brian Michael Cox. Again, stay safe. Peace and blessings to you and your families. Continue to tell your friend, uh, you hear me? Sometimes I feel like, like, like I'm taping this in a day. No, the wine did not hit me yet because I didn't drink any. I can't wait till tonight. Tell a friend to tell a friend and internet. I think I said this before, but I got a big announcement coming soon. I can't wait to let you know about it. 
if you hear this, hit me up and I'll, I'll start to give you a little bit of a teaser about what, what the announcement is. Internet's peace and blessings. Dig in the catalog, the premium Pete show. See you next episode. Cheer.